Yes, good morning, good morning, and praise the Lord, uh, glorious, and everyone that is on um, <coughs> the platform this morning. Thank you very much, glorious, for uh, this magnificent question. Uh, when we get to this level of uh, analyzing scripture, it really means that we are really getting serious with our relationship with God. Glorious was asking a question, and I want to thank you, Eddie. You've uh, answered and answered well. Um, Glorious was asking a question. She went ahead to quote Genesis um, 49:10, which says that the scepter will not depart from Judah, and nor the ruler's staff um, from between his feet until he comes to whom, um, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations. And our question was: Was he referring to Jesus when he said, "Until"? He comes to whom it belongs and the obedience of the nations mm-hmm. is his. Um, the question, um, the answer is yes. He was actually referring to Jesus. But how do we work our way to that point? You remember that in mathematics, uh, getting the answer was not uh, the main thing, but the method. There were marks that were actually awarded for uh, the right method, and then you lost marks if you only had the answer and you do not have the proper approach or methodology, which ideally could uh, easily have meant that you were a miracle worker. Maybe you craned your, your, your neck to, <laughs> to see what your neighbor had written. Okay, so in Genesis 49, uh, verse 10, which you quote, it is actually best to take it from verse 9, uh, which uh, says that uh, Judah is a young lion, my son, you return from uh, the kill. He crouches, he lies down like a lion, or oh, a lioness, who dares to arouse him. Then verse 10, uh, where your interest was, says, The scepter will not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet until whose right it comes. And he, uh, the obedience of the peoples belongs to him. Okay, we remember that Jacob was about to die at some point, and then he got to a time and uh, he was basically blessing his children and he gets to judah and um, he starts blessing him he gets to judah and uh, he starts blessing him all of us know that um you know that uh, the firstborn was actually reuben eh? if you remember well the firstborn was reuben but we know what happened with the reuben reuben got to his father's bed <laughs> he messed up with the, one of Jacob's uh, wives. You remember that? So Reuben could not get uh, the firstborn uh, blessing. He couldn't get the firstborn blessing. And you remember that amongst the Jews, uh, the firstborn actually got a double portion. So what happened thereafter was uh, uh, that um, uh, the one that followed was Simeon and uh, Levi. But you know that Simeon and Levi were brothers and uh, were brothers to um, Dinah. And you remember that in that land, there was a man called uh, uh, Hamo and um, who raped Dinah. And when um, he raped Dinah, what happened was that Simeon and Levi tricked them into circumcision, and the entire city went right ahead to uh, circumcise. And just about, um, after about three days, what happened was that they went and they killed the entire city um, on uh, by the sword uh, or by the edge of the sword and this disappointed Jacob because the kind of um, um, 
he made the indignation of these people ban against him and he had to um, prematurely transfer uh, and go away from that city. So he wasn't very happy with them. And you see, he does not pronounce the full blessing upon them. Now, next in line was Judah. Judah was actually the fourthborn, but what came up was the fact that uh, he takes on the firstborn blessing. Are you seeing how we work our way through that? Uh, Reuben lost it because of immorality um, with his father's wife. And um, um, Simeon and Levi lost it just because of their indignation and anger. This is why we need to learn uh, to control ourselves. You see, and next in line was Judah. So this is why Judah features prominently because he takes the firstborn blessing. This is why he really features prominently. You remember in Acts chapter, um, in Acts uh, when um, uh, we are speaking of um, uh, the replacement of uh, Judah Iscariot. You remember that? Yes. Uh, they go right ahead and they appoint that man to uh, Mitamatia. They appoint him and they say in the position of uh, Judah Iscariot um, that he, 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 he gave up. He lost. Uh, you see that? So, um, God replaces. God replaces these positions. And in this particular place, Judah takes on the firstborn. Okay. So, how does it uh, work its way to Christ? First, it is important to understand the meaning of the word scepter. Uh, scepter basically is more of a royal staff. Here in verse 10, he uses it uh, side by side um, and he says scepter and also staff. But ideally, it means one and the same thing. In Hebrew, it is translated scepter, staff, rod. Uh, so, so there it is, it is best to dwell on the word scepter. Leaders basically held a staff. A scepter sometimes it had uh, an extension with um, a metal in it basically which was a representation of authority so what he actually means there is that leadership will be yours judah leadership is going to be yours until the one to whom it actually belongs will come now you do well to understand that uh, jesus himself comes from the tribe of judah he comes from the tribe of judah we can work this out when we go to the genealogy of Christ Jesus, both in Matthew and uh, in Luke. <laughs> These young men around me here. Yeah, both in Matthew and in Luke, you realize that he actually came from the tribe of Judah. Let us quickly go to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 1 so you can see what I mean here. Uh, Matthew chapter 1 verse 2, he says, Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac, uh, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers. Are you hearing that? Now, he skips or he moves from his brothers and now he concentrates on Judah. Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar. That was an ancestor's um, relationship, but God, by his mercy and grace, blesses it um, just by his mercy. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Aram. Aram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nation. Nation fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. That is another point of grace. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. Are you hearing that? David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. That is another point of grace. God shows us we are unworthy, but he appoints us. Solomon fathered Rehoboam. Rehoboam fathered Abijah. Abijah fathered Asa. Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. Now, if you're careful, you're going to begin hearing now uh, leaders, royal leaders from... Um, uh, 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 wait, 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 wait. 
<laughs> this young man is before me uh, you'll excuse me please um, so asa fa fathered jehoshaphat jehoshaphat fathered joram joram fathered uzziah uzziah fathered jotham jotham fathered ahaz ahaz fathered hezekiah hezekiah fathered manasi manasi fathered amon amon fathered josiah Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the end of the exile of Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah fathered Sheltiel, Sheltiel fathered Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel fathered Abiud, Abiud fathered Eliakim, Eliakim fathered Azar, Azar fathered Zedok, Zedok fathered Akim, Akim fathered Eliud, Eliud fathered Eliezer, Eliezer fathered Matan, Matan fathered Jacob, and Jacob fathered Joseph the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Christ. <laughs> you see that? I just wanted to make that connection. So you can see that he picks out generations for us to get to make that connection. Uh, you, you, you see that? Let us go back to the Old Testament a little bit so we can make the connection. In Second Samuel chapter 7 and um, verse 12, we get to see a prophecy that is made that is connected to this here. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12, just listen to um, this and what he says. Um, okay. The Lord is covenant with David is what we are speaking about here. So 2 Samuel 7. Okay. Um, when uh, you get here, what does it say? I want to make it short. Okay, Second Samuel seven twelve says, "When your time comes, and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant. You, you will come from your body." Um, he says, "When your time comes, and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish." the throne of his kingdom forever eh? i'll be his father and will be my son eh? when he does wrong i will discipline him with a rod of men now that is a direct reference to solomon and blows uh, for mortals but my faithful love will never leave him as he did when i removed it from saul whom i love from uh, before you your house and kingdom will endure before me forever and your throne will be established forever so you hear that? Now, in the short run, is referring to Solomon, but ideally we know that Solomon did not reign forever. You see that? So ultimately, or absolutely, he's basically referring to David. Now, in Luke chapter 1 and uh, verse 32, when uh, we see the promise coming, basically later we get to see that the, um, Jesus is referred to as the son of David, and he comes and he sits on the throne of his father, David. And we know that David was from the tribe of Judah, and we've seen that also uh, Joseph himself, who is um, um, the earthly father of um, uh, Jesus Christ, or basically the one that um, basically uh, takes that responsibility with Mary. Uh, we see that he's also from the tribe of um, um, Judah. Uh, let me just do that verse so we can get to see it. In Luke chapter 1, in verse um, 32 you're going to see what we are talking about here and uh, it will uh, make uh, all the meaning that we are talking about here so here he says let me do it from verse 31 
or let me just uh, do it from uh, okay let me do the entire prediction of the birth of christ verse 26 of luke 1 the bible says in the sixth month the angel gabriel was sent by god to a town in galilee called nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named joseph and i've already showed you the lineage of joseph that it is in the line um in that tribe also of the house of david uh-huh the virgin's name was mary and uh, the angel came to her and said greetings favored woman the lord is with you but she was deeply troubled by this statement wondering what kind of greeting this could be uh-huh. then mm-hmm. the angel told her don't be afraid mary for you have found favor with god now listen you conceive and give birth to a son and you name him jesus he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david he will reign over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end so you can see that when god was making a covenant in second samuel 7 and uh, he says it was uh, uh, his reign was going to be an eternal reign uh, the reference was actually not just to solomon it was a reference to david let me make another point like we saw in the old testament we get to realize that judah features prominently uh-huh, and later when uh, the kingdom passes from solomon eh? this is why he mentioned solomon in, in in that talk when the kingdom passes from solomon it goes to one of his sons called rehoboam but rehoboam reigns not with wisdom but what actually happens is that he messes up with the advice that his friends give him you follow through uh, when we go to first kings chapter 12 this is where this actually happens so later god appoints a slave or a servant of solomon uh, solomon's servant called who called jeroboam and he says through prophet ahijah in uh, first kings chapter 12 from around verse 28 29 30 and he says take 10 pieces out of my garment which were torn uh, basically referring to 10 tribes uh, 10 tribes um and so these were under a man called jeroboam now between you and me you get to see right now that these 10 tribes went and were under the leadership of a man that was not from the royal line of israel uh-huh. he's coming from uh, just any other tribe but then god said because of his servant david i am going to give you or i will retain uh, with rehoboam who was the son of who solomon i will retain for rehoboam judah you see basically judah eh? Uh, Judah, um, because of Jerusalem, and maybe Benjamin was in there, but the focus is on Judah. I will give him that line for him to continue reigning because of the covenant that I made with my uh, servant David. Are you seeing the connection? Now, between you and me, you're going to realize that all the kings of the northern kingdom, because the northern kingdom, ten tribes, uh, went ahead to make the northern kingdom, which was basically called Israel. Now, all the kings of the northern kingdom were evil. None of them was good. None of them was perfect. They walked after the walk of Jeroboam. That is what we call it. They went in divination. Uh-huh. So, 
and this is why they were eventually swept away by Assyria and they were taken into captivity, all of them. So you cannot talk of the Sipta having reigned with these people. They were taken away into captivity. Yeah, you study, um, um, you, you study um, when you go to, um, if, um, you study First Kings chapter um, 24. That, that is where that stuff basically is. Now later, you're going to see that several kings are going to come, uh, which, whom we saw in this lineage. They are going to come after Rehoboam. You're going to see several kings reigning in Judah, and many of them try to walk in line with what God wanted, right from David. So eventually they pass on the leadership to Christ Jesus, and this is where he says the scepter will be passed on unto him. Now, where does the title Lion of Judah come from? Lion of Judah is a Messianic title which actually points to the reign of Christ Jesus. And uh, that scepter is a permanent scepter. Psalm 45 and Hebrews chapter 1 also speak about that same thing and they make a very, very uh, powerful point in that direction. Let me just give you um, uh, Psalm 45. I didn't intend to make this very long, but it is a very interesting one. I'm loving it. Psalm 45 uh, must be verse what? 7. What does it say? Let me take it from verse 6. Yeah, It says, Your throne, God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy more than your companions. You can see that, yeah? And uh, let me, I will not do Hebrews 1, 8, but you can just do that uh, for yourself. But basically, when uh, you come and you look at uh, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5, you're going to see that he speaks of the same thing as well here. He says in Revelation 5, 5, he says here that, um, then one of the elders said to me, don't weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he's able to open the scroll and his seven seals. So you can see that uh, this was basically pointing to Christ. I want to thank you for the question. It was a very deep and enriching question. Thank you for loving your Bible. Uh, we want to continue learning all the time. May the Lord bless you. The day's teaching is coming. I'm teaching about Christmas and we did the foundation uh, on Saturday and I want to continue throughout the week until we come to Sunday, explaining um, the meaning of Christmas. Last week looked at uh, the origin of Christmas and we're doing an exposition of Genesis 3.15 and uh, I want to follow through and through so that we can essentially get to understand the meaning of Christmas. God bless you. God bless you abundantly.